Hello, hello, and this is Lady L, and you're listening to Wickedly Bewitching Podcast, a podcast about a millennial witch practicing witchcraft in the modern world. Okay, well, I'm back (laughs) with another episode. Another episode down into the rabbit hole of my mind. If you don't already know from my intro, this is Lady L. And I'm coming at you with some other expansive information to help you on your way. I am a fat, sassy spiritualist. And I love bringing a lot of sass. So just FYI, pre-warning, I do swear a lot. So if that's not your slice of bread or cup of tea, then this is not for you. (laughs) So let's get expansive through children's TV shows. (laughs) So I have a little one and they watch the TV series Bluey. And honestly, such a great series on so many levels. The first level is fantastic parenting. Give them a round of applause. It's like Montessori slash Waldorf vibe and style. They even go to a Waldorf school, which is also super stellar. The way they handle situations, fantastic coping mechanisms, great way to really cultivate life skills that will help a child as they grow. Because that's the biggest thing is, is that a you know, more than often, we do not have coping mechanisms to handle things. And so we pass those down, right? Whatever we can handle is what we can teach, right? We can't pull shit out of our ass. You know, I always hear people who are like, I'm going to make myself so much better. I just need to go inward. And I'm like, (laughs) yes and no, you need to go inward with a coach. You need to go inward with a therapist. You need to go inward with a mentor. You need to go inward with somebody else. Because when you are deep sea diving within you and you do not know what you're doing, you can drown and get stuck there. Um, If any of you guys have seen the TV series, uh, the American Horror Story, the coven section, where the one person gets stuck in one of the activities. And that's exactly what it is. When you go inward and you face your your shadows, you do not have those coping mechanisms. That's the whole problem in the first place. You have the coping mechanisms that your parents had taught you. And unless you've done any work with somebody outside of you, you will not obtain those coping mechanisms. You could read books till the cow comes home. You can listen to iPods or iPods. Oh my goodness. I, a podcast. You can go on iTunes and listen to, you know, whatever hurts to change your brain way it will do those things. But what it's not going to do is it's not going to change your thought process. You need to have somebody there with you so that when you get stuck and you turtle in and you do your hibernation, I don't want to interact with the rest of the world crap, then, you know, not that it's crap. It's so rude. But when you turtle in, right, and you get stuck in these things, you have somebody that can help you to get out. They're not going to handle your burden, but they're going to give you the tools so that you can get yourself out of it. So in these wonderful TV series of Bluey, I see a lot of parenting groups that 
complain, predominantly, interestingly enough, mostly dad's groups. And even in the mother's groups, they're like, oh my goodness, like this is like so way out on left field, like no, no, but it isn't. It's just, we've got to work on ourselves. <laughs> Anything that triggers me, I'm like, oop, <laughs> I'm really over, how over exaggerated emotions. That's what a trigger is. It's over exaggerated because my little one takes the wheel, not Jesus. Just my little one is like, hey, listen, I'm a four-year-old. I don't have a license. Let's do this shit, bitch. I'll make decisions for you. And never turns out right. So I work on myself. I use the tools that I was given and I also connect with others. So in Bluey, you have the the parenting style is fantastic. You have the hidden stories, like hidden themes within it. Brilliant. You have the imagination. It's just, a, it's so, it's so multifaceted of awesomeness packed into one show. Have I watched season one on repeat? Uh, I think it's season one and two uh, that's on uh, the Disney channel. Yes. Yes, I have. Uh, does my child love them? love her absolutely loves all of them uh they love bluey they love bingo uh do they have a bluey stuffed animal yes yes they do and they also like blues clues so sometimes it gets confusing when i'm like bluey or blues clues and they're like they're both blue mom <laughs> so i'm like bluey bingo <laughs> blues clues so anyways there is this amazing episode called Typewriter. And what I like about it is, is that it has so many layers to it. Like I said before. So the layers are like a Zumba, Zumba, Zumbo, Zumbo. Oh my God. It's like a Zumbo. Zumbo, if you ever watch Zumbo desserts. Oh my goodness. Like how many layers can that man pack into one small petite dish? I'm like 47 layers. Those poor people. I'm sorry. I will pray for you and light a candle. Uh, but multi-layers. And in this particular one, they start off with the teacher telling a story. And the story starts off about how there was a dog who sat on a chest and has always sat on this chest, guarded this chest. And as he guarded it, he stood along the side of the road. And any passerby that would come by, he would beg for puppy treats, dog treats. And one day he was begging for treats and a gnome said, why are you sitting on this chest? Well, I've always guarded this chest, the dog said. I've always guarded it. And the gnome's like, well, have you ever looked inside of it? No, because I'm guarding it. I'm standing on top of it, guarding it. Follow along, please, sir. <laughs> and the gnome was like, well, why haven't you? Like, if you're guarding it, like, why haven't you opened it? Like, why not? And so eventually the gnome convinced the dog to open the chest. And lo and behold, inside the chest, there was a plethora of doggy treats. And so I was like, oh, okay, this is the theme for the whole show. All right. Gotcha. Locked it, loaded it. And so Bluey goes on this journey with two friends. And one friend is a, is a wiener dog. They can't sit up like everybody else. And he's comparing themselves to everyone else around them. Oh, everybody else can sit up. I can't sit up me. What's wrong with me? And she's like, well, I'm on this journey because I can't find my typewriter because I'm fixing that crappy ending and having the dog eat the treats right away. Like, why wait? What the hell? And so 
Bluey's like, I'm going to go talk to the teacher about where my typewriter went. So, you know, starting on the journey, Wizard of Oz theme. And so this wiener dog compares themselves to everybody else around them. Then Bluey runs into this um, pug, I believe. And the pug is a space invader, has no spatial boundaries whatsoever, and is always in everybody else's space and in their business. Just like super close. And so, you know, they want to know what's wrong with them. And again, like, come follow me on this journey. And on this journey, each of them utilizes their, their gifts, their talents throughout the journey. And the second they utilize their special gifts and their talents, they realize that they're, they're having fun. They don't, they don't need to figure out why, how to fix it, how to make it better, why they are this way. And so each of them peel out, you know, the space invader, you know, starts to feel more confident where they don't need to be up close as much. And so they stop being a space invader. The wiener dog stops comparing themselves to others and realizes they can have some good fun with their skills and abilities. Like they love being a wiener dog now. And so by the time Bluey finally gets there and talks to the the teacher, the teacher's like, oh, like, tell me about your journey. Bluey goes on the journey and all these imaginative things that had happened. And then Bluey's like, and I'm looking for my typewriter to fix that ending. And so the teacher's like, how does a typewriter go? And so Bluey starts to imagine a typewriter. And then it's like that moment where, oh, I can just imagine a typewriter. Like, duh. And Bluey goes on their way. And underneath the teacher's, you know, seat happens to be the typewriter. And in some mummies groups and, and in Reddit, there was this like up, uproar about, well, actually, there's only one person on Reddit who got really upset and they were like, so selfish, so rude. And I'm like, you're missing the point of the whole story, right? Whether she knew or didn't know that the typewriter was underneath it, it was what the actual message was in it. So I asked my husband, I was like, what does this mean? What does this message mean? And I'm really good at picking up on things and really good getting themes out and knowing what what means what and where does everything come from. And for some reason, I was stuck. Well, hello. If you ever are stuck in something that you're really good at and there's something you're trying to figure out and you're like, I'm super stuck, it's probably because that's something you really need to know. <laughs> in your life <laughs> if there's like some meme or goes by and you're like I don't know what does it mean what does this mean what does this mean ah! you know like that TikTok if any of you guys are on TikTok if you aren't then I was just acting silly uh, but in this I looked it up <clears throat> yes I did and I saw on Reddit and somebody put it out beautifully and the whole thing is is that it's a, it's a story of like, you know, the gifts, your abilities, right? And so, you know, as, as us, as humans, humans who have souls inside of us of divinity, we're always constantly looking outside of ourselves to give us what we need. I will become happier when I have all the money in the world. I will become more confident when I lose all this weight. I will become strong when I'm able to get my promotion and become a CEO. I will be strong, right? 
all of these external things to try to be who we are. When you're really looking for is to be strong, confident, and happy. Those are internal things. Those aren't external things. If you have fast cars, the perfect job, the perfect amount of money flowing in, and, you know, the perfect bow or bowette, it's the opposite of what's the, anyways, partner. <laughs> if you have the perfect in quotations, like, you know, like perfect, perfect grass is always greener on the other side you're still not going to be happy because external things are fleeting. They can come and go at any given point in time. And when you're relying on it, like the dog who was begging for doggy treats, it is inconsistent. So sometimes you'll get doggy treats. Sometimes you won't. Sometimes you'll get that happy and the bliss that you've been chasing after. Sometimes you won't, you know, and you're putting it into somebody else's thing. So let's move it into a spiritual side. And I'm going to say that this is a spiritual side of, of that, of that irks this lady. But I have also been at fault and blame for it as well. Um, I have literally had a reading by the wonderful Matt Taylor. And if you do not know who Matt Taylor is, please search this fella up. Brilliant astrologist in Kabbalic astrology, like like mind blowing. Uh, so if you want to like have your pants blown off, this person is going to do it. So I said to them, I always feel like something, like I'm at the end and like something like I just need a breakthrough and this big thing's going to happen. And they said to me with sassy pants, nothing ever comes to us. That which are things that are created. Those things are created. So I'm like, okay. And like, obviously, during the reading, I'm like, okay, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Slipe. <laughs> Swipe. <laughs> um, and then when I did the replay, my husband was like, whoa, that, like, that was really deep. And I was like, hmm, it was? And he's like, yeah, basically, nothing is ever coming. Nothing is ever arriving. Everything is always being created. Energy is taking from other energy and transmuting it to be. So for you to feel like something big is about to happen, you're creating that something big. You just haven't decided on what the big is. And I was like, oh, right, right. We attract things. We tell the universe, hey, universe, I'd like a Big Mac and cheese. Thank you right? So we create these things to come to us or not to come to us or be stuck, right? So let's take it a further. Let's combine that notion and that realism. And we're going to combine it with the story of Bluey and the whole that we have everything that we are searching for within us and how that dog guarded the notion that what he needed was external, but guarded and protected what he really had underneath him and just didn't unlock it to take a sneaky peeky, right? So let's throw it into the spiritualism. How many of you have said you have shifted? Hmm? Raise your hands. The only person that's going to see is you. So if you're on the bus and you're raising your hand, well, that will be comical. <laughs> if you're raising it at home in your car or wherever you are, then that's, you know, but just raise your hand. 
for the, for the, you know, just for fun skis. Oh, we raise it with you. How many times have we said we shifted or there's a shift going on or we feel a shift coming? Yeah. And how many of you have said, I'm stuck and I feel stuck and I know there's something that can unstick me. I just need to shift out of it. <laughs> I'm stuck, but I just need to shift out of it. But I know like whatever is going to come to this shift, it's going to kick me to where I need to be, where I need to be. I will get there. All these things are happening. Oh, I have definitely have played victim to this. I guess victim fault to this. I, I've done this. I've definitely said, oh, I know that there's going to be a shift happening. Once a shift happens, all the doors will open and I will transmute into Wonder Woman. And I will be all that I am. And every time when I felt a shift, because we do collectively shift together, right? New Year's Eve, super powerful because all of us are like making out our like wishes. Going to lose five pounds. Um, you know, going to lose 150 pounds. It's called a divorce. Joking. <laughs> He's more than that. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but we've done these things, right? So when we have huge amounts of, of different things, different aspects, different shifts, you see lots of things like synchronicity, two, 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 balabazoo coming in, frequency shifting. People will, as a collective, go, ooh, something's going to happen. Then we're going to have these big shifts and all these things are going to happen. And is it a product because these things are synchronicity moments? Hmm, Maybe. Or is it a product because we all consciously think this, therefore it is. Like with the whole nothing ever comes to us, that things are created. And so, same thing when you have a tarot reading. Does it happen because I told you or does it happen because it was already going to happen? Huh? Huh? It's Schrodinger's mystical cat. It is, but it isn't. It's alive and dead all at the same time, right? So... When we sit there and we say things are going to happen when this thing externally happens, then we get ourselves stuck, which means that we're always looking out at the grass is always greener on the other side and never actually opening the gate and walking to see that the grass is just as green as our grass. We're always looking that we're going to get better if we do the things. If we take the class, do the chorus, do that, that's fine. If you do not implement those things, you will not have the shift. If you're expecting things to just download into your system, baby, it didn't happen to you for the first part of your life. It ain't fucking happening for you for the next part of your life. It's all about action. And so, like I said, in order for us to uh, emotionally grow, we must get support to occur for that. We must have external support because they have a tool and a skill set that we do not. And we learn from them. But we also have to remember that we have our own doggy treats. <laughs> we have our own talents, our own skills within us. Look at the Cowardly Lion on you know, Wizard of Oz. The lion had it in him the whole time. He was going to Oz to get this new courage and he gets a trinket, but he feels that this trinket is going to give him that courage. Therefore it is. But if that trinket breaks, he'll think that he lost it, right? You know, if only I had a brain, you know, all these things like looking for it externally, if you get it, but when it's lost and broken, 
will you lose it too? Or has it always been inside of you? Um, I forget where it was. There is another child's like movie or, or something like that where it's like, oh, it was inside of you this whole time. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, I think it's like Dorothy it was inside of you the whole time or you were wearing it the whole time or whatever. Um, but we have these abilities. You can be confident. It's in you. You have it. You just need to do the thing. And by doing the thing means, you know, to gain the confidence, it's doing the healing from, you know, traumas. It comes from healing those traumas, right? It comes from cleaning away the guck of our past in the sense of, you know, the mindsets that we believed were true, that were told to us when we were young and we couldn't say that it wasn't true, right? So when you're a little kid, someone tells you you aren't good enough. The little kid's going to be like, listen, I know my worth. Bitch, I see where you come from. I don't think so. No, the little kid, on contrary, doesn't do that. And so a little kid goes, oh, my gosh. So they say I suck. I must suck. It must be true, right? Because it's the developmental age of those children, right? So children are at a certain point. When we get older, we can differentiate a lot more. You tell me you suck. That's fine. That's good for you. Um, No, I don't. Maybe to you, but I don't. (laughs) Thanks. No, thanks. Um, but when we're older, we can rationalize it. When you're younger, you can't rationalize it. And so we take it as true. And the problem is, is that when we're younger, this creates the foundation for where we're at. So I see lots of people with anxiety, high amounts of anxiety, but particularly anxiety of stepping into who they are and stepping into their being. And a lot of the times it's just little things. So when you have a coach or a mentor, or a therapist, but a good therapist, not like the therapist that's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay, so our session is done. Do you feel better? Okay, getting it off my chest doesn't do anything. Talking about tools and tactics, that does something for me. Listening in and checking to see the little movements, just like the teacher did. Asking those questions, you know, like, what happened? How did you get here? Oh, and then how does a typewriter go? Because those things will give us the aha moments, right? So you need to have a coach or a mentor that's listening to the small tunings, right? Because it won't stick unless you do the work. At the end of the day, none of these things will stick unless you truly do the work, right? And that's when you see people stuck, right? They're doing programs after programs after programs after programs after programs, right? And nothing's changing, and it's because they're not doing the work, right? But again, it's really good to have programs that have accountability piece in it. Because with accountability piece, those programs, you know, whether it's a one-on-one support with them or whatever the accountability looks like for them, right? Coaching, group coaching, things like that. You need to have a piece that's like, okay, well, checking in, seeing where you're at. And they provide you with a set of tools, right? For expansion, And so this really got me thinking because sometimes I get stuck in my head and I'm like, I'm waiting for this big boom to happen. And I have to realize the big boom isn't going to happen because I'm literally energetically saying to the universe, I'm not ready. So don't give me anything to make me ready. 
So if you find, okay, I just need to do one more shift before I step into my business. I just need to do one more shift before, you know, I go out into the dating world. I just need to do one more thing, one more thing, one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. Then this is your sign to do the thing. Because one more thing is going to turn into a thousand things, which is going to turn into a million things. And at the end of the day, you ain't going to do that thing that you've set out to hypothetically do. All you're doing is, is you're putting on one brick at a time and you're building a fucking wall for nothing to come through. You're building a wall for nothing to come through and you're expecting something to come through. Make that something now, like today. Like, you know, seek that discomfort. Comfortability does not create growth. Comfortability is what gets us stuck in the first place. You know, staying at, you know, staying in, tucking yourself in, in a way, that is what ultimately gets us stuck. And I don't mean like physically staying in your house. <laughs> I just meant staying in general, like in yourself, in your head. All those things is what's going to ultimately get you stuck. And you're not going to be able to do those things and be those things and show your spark to the rest of the world to show your greatness, right? And things like getting stuck can be, I'm so busy, I don't have time. You don't, you don't have time? Mm. You had 30 minutes of time scrolling through your Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yep. You had 50 minutes of time sitting, you know, and staring out in space, <laughs> doing nothing. Like there, I'm not saying that you need to make sure like carving out time so you're even more busier. What I'm saying is, is you become more expansive when you allow the space to be there and you don't fill the space. You need space of nothingness in order to expand and you need space to actually be productive and and productive in a in a utilizing way that you can actually get action active production right um i have neurodivergent things and so there are aspects that i am now coming to that i'm like oh that makes so much sense so no one else does that oh just a small fraction of people do that hmm that makes so much sense now. So there's things that I do that I'm like, whew, I am not a person with a schedule. I don't have the same schedule that most people have. I can't do the nine to five. This is at this time. This is at, I mean, I can, um, but it's not in my natural flow. And so what I do is I make a fluid schedule. I make a schedule where my week I have things that I cannot change. So I'll put in like specific appointments in that have no um, ability of changing in any way, shape or form. And then I stick in things like, you know, the actionable items that I want to have done, things that I am 
you know, gearing towards things that are like focuses. So I have, you know, awaken your weird wild witch life coming up. The door is like the program starts on the 31st. The doors are already open to sign up for it. I'm doing like a pre thing. And so my goal was, is to have a sneaky peeky from the 14th to the 17th. And then I decided, you know what? Um, I was not proactive this week. I had no spoons up until today. And so today I had spoons. And so I'm taking anytime I have energy to do things. And anytime I don't, I'm taking that as a conscious mindset that my body needs to rest. So instead of doing a sneaky peeky from the 14th to the 17th, we're going to do a sneaky peeky from the 21st until the 24th. I'm still going to do my live on the 17th on Instagram. And we're going to talk about the moon and about the cancer moon. But ultimately, what my main focus is, is to really like, you know, talk about it more, let more information out, knowing, you know, letting people know about what this program's about and giving the opportunity to step into the sneaky peeky. Now I'm sure other coaches and other mentors and other spiritualist people might say something different, but giving yourself an actionable item at the end of the week. Okay. At the end of the week, this is my goal that I, I want and being able to be flexible with yourself so that you can fluidly move if necessary and adjust things. So say if like your goal is to lose X amount of weight, have that mindset, like, you know, I can only lose you know, I think it's like a pound a week or something like that. So then give yourself like four pounds in that month if that if that is a goal for you. But ultimately, instead of focusing on losing the weight, why not focus on the relationship you have with your body and the relationship that you have around weight? Dismantle, you know, and go into you looking at the aspect of your, you know, why do you want to lose weight? Are you losing weight because you want to be healthy? Because that's usually what people will say right away, right? They don't want to like come across that that's not actually the reason, which more than likely it is something else. And the health part just comes into play as the main one because it looks bad when you say, I want to lose weight because society makes it uncomfortable for fat people to exist. <laughs> I mean, like point blank, you can say that. Uh, and that would be a lot more honest, right? Why do you want to lose weight? And then look at like genetics, look at your genetics. Is there a lot of skinny people in your family? If there is, then you know that like you have some movement. If there isn't, then understand that you can only control 30% of your body. And you can, you can ultimately lose more than that. Um, but understand that you can only control 30% of your body. Also consider, you know, the relationship with your weight, because if you go into it with a very toxic mindset and you go into it with a very like, um, objective, like you're not losing the weight because of you, you're losing the weight because society is uncomfortable with you, then that's what you need to work on. Why, what can I do to change my mindset so that I'm not stuck in that belief system? Because remember, when you're chasing the external drive, when you're chasing that external thing, right? When you're begging for your puppy dog treats, knowing that you're sitting on a chest of pup, no, well, not knowing, but you are sitting with everything that you need and all the skill sets that you need and the abilities, which you're looking for, right? I want to lose weight so I can be confident. Why can't you be confident and be fat? Because a lot of fat people are confident, right? <clears throat> Why is the tie-in with the weight? Looking at that, 
I mean, lose weight, whatever, but ultimately in my mindset and my honest and healthier opinion, when you look at weight, it should be based on, you know, I have to lose the weight because this is what's happening to my body. And then focus on that. Don't do diets. Don't do drink shakes and uh, all other garbage shit. I don't care what diet you do. Noomy noom or zoomy zoom or whatever, you know, the watching your weights go away. All those things, ultimately, you're going to gain weight afterwards. You gain weight afterwards because the diet didn't work. You don't gain weight afterwards because you stopped doing the diet. You gain weight afterwards because it's a result of your diet not working. Results don't happen until way afterwards. And I don't care if you're like, I've done it for a year. I've taken this shake. Do you know where all those ingredients come from and the actual biological effects that it has on your body? No, because they don't talk about it because they don't do individual blood (laughs) and all those other fun, juicy analysis, right? Change the relationship with your money, with money. Well, you can do that too. Change your relationship with your body. You can ultimately change your relationship with food and looking at food as something sacred, as instead of something that like you have to eat because of, you know, somebody told me I need to like consume a shit ton of lion's mane. Okay, that's cool. When Shaga was like a big hit, It was over harvest, which caused a lot of environmental impacts. And it's because a lot of people are like, it's the new greatest thing. Every time when there's a new fad and the new greatest thing, it creates huge amounts of environmental impacts. And there is no um, preservation or no sustainable like observation in this consumption of a fad. Instead, look at nutritional things that bring you joy and spark interest in you. If you're not really familiar with nutritional things, get a cookbook. Start like tapping into like things that you might try. Go to, you know, support a local business that is around where you've kind of been curious about, but you don't really know much about and then purchase food from there. And then if you're like, you know what? I really don't like this food, right? If you wanted to go, oh, I'm going to go on a rye diet. Well, before buying all that hoopy nanny, why don't you go and eat at a restaurant for a week, you know, or whatever the case may be and do raw diets that way, raw food, and then see if you like it, test it out. Okay. I like this aspect, but I don't like this aspect. And I miss this aspect. It's all about invoking joy into your body. Eat the color of the rainbow, right? We tend to eat in a lot of yellow or, or off page or like, you know, we tend to like, sometimes when I put out my son's stuff, I'm like, this is all you like. And it's all one color. How heartbreaking. Um, but when we get stuck in points, you know, looking at that stuff, if you're financially, and this is the part that like really like irks me, not with you guys, but with society and, and governments, but how many people do not have enough money to provide enough of these, you know, diverse, uh, healthy foods, right? They're limited by a budget. They're limited on what they can have. They're really limited on what they can get, you know, at a local, you know, food shelter and things like that. So then in that case, put your hands over your food and say, thank you several times over. Bless your food every time you eat it. You know, every time you take a bite, set those intentions, you know, this food is nourishing my body and my being. It's nourishing my soul and my spirit. Every time when I consume it, I feel it. 
if it thrives and vibes inside of me. I am enlightened and empowered by every nutritious bite that I take. I am thankful and blessed and I am full of gratitude for this opportunity to be able to feast for today and this moment in time, right? There are ways that we can bring blessings into our food that can really ignite us. And then again, like cabbage, hello, cheap, 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 cheap. Uh, look out locally, what locally is produced. Local vegetables will tend to predominantly be cheaper than going with imported or exported or imported, you know, distant vegetables, right? There's lots of local yummies that you can get. And there's lots of cool things that you can get that are local too as well um, in assistance, right? So it's just like about having to unfortunately navigate and look to see. Um, but, you know, you can always do something like say with a friend, right? You know, that friend's a really healthy eater. Hey, listen, can I make you some a meal and you make my family a meal and we'll do a swap ski and then that way you guys get to try something different and we get to try something different, right? And it gives you that option as well. Don't do the whole like, okay, like we're going to do like a $50 meal each. No, just do a meal, whatever. Like it's a meal. Like it's a friend, like whatever, Right. So those are ways to kind of like shift your mindset. But ultimately, at the end of the day, when it comes to looking for things to be better, one thing that I will also state is that we're always chasing after happiness and bliss. Oh, when all of this shit stops, I can, I can be happy. Everything will be so much better. I'm just like, I just want to be happy. I just want this shit to end. I just want to, 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 one day just want to, oh my God. Hello. No. <laughs> no. Stop. Stop. We can't feel happy all the time. It would be very weird if you were happy at a funeral. We can't always be in joy and bliss. We can't always find the joy and bliss because our bodies need to go through the feels. We need to feel the feels. We need to experience our feelings. We need to embrace our feelings. So when you are going within and you're taking your talents out and you're digging in and you know you have confidence in you because you do, like <laughs> it's there. It's like the cowardly lion. Come on, you're a lion for fuck's sakes. <laughs> what are you afraid of? Like really like but anyways, I digress. When we start to shave away those egos, when we start to, you know, ignore, not ignore, but we, our, our fear gets quieter, still as chatty as fuck, but is quieter. When we do these things, when we understand that oh, there are going to be times where we're afraid, that's totally normal. There's going to be times where things are shit and we're like, can't handle it. That's gonna it's gonna happen i mean we are also in voldemort it's like end of the movie that repeats itself and never seems to freaking cease um but we're in it and so understanding that you know these are different times as well which means we're gonna be getting new emotions and new feelings that we've never had and that's okay take the time to explore them acknowledge them, witness them, give them a name. Ooh, you're like a cross between anger and sadness, uh, 
and excitement and drive all together as one. I'm going to call you glittery black pants. You are my glittery black pants emotions. Meet rainbow pants. Not the same feeling. (laughs) But give your emotions a new name if it feels different for you. Go and do those things because there's going to be emotions that we've never had as a society, never had as a world, because these are new things that we're enduring, that we're going through. We feel super hyper motivated and we feel a sense of relief when we've quit our shatty jobs and we're starting to feel better, right? And then in the same breath, we're smacked with also that depression and anger that comes in play because things are shit also. (laughs) So it's like, I'm really happy, but I'm also not. <laughs> so those are new feelings. Those aren't singular feelings. Those That is a combined feeling. That is, that is one feeling. And so being, uh, you know, witnessing it, feel the feels. When we feel the feels, we can embrace more of those bits. When the cowardly lion goes, listen, I am a coward. I'm also afraid, but I'm courageous all at the same time. Even though I'm afraid, I will still do right? If only I had a brain. Well, I'm sorry, but you kind of slightly remind me, you know, it almost makes me feel like you have a neurodivergency scarecrow. And it's not that you don't have a brain. It's because your brain is very unique and your brain sees things in a very magical and different way. You're incredibly intelligent It just means that you may not necessarily be intelligent in the same way, like not intelligent the same way. We're all intelligent the same way. But, you know, you may know lots about doing water well drilling. You may know lots about doing artwork. You may excel in doing sporty like things because I'm not sporty. You may excel in other aspects doesn't mean because you don't excel in all the aspects or you connect or you do things the same way as everyone else. That's fine. I think that we're starting to come undone so that we can become one and we need that. So you're, you already have a brain, mister. So look at your life. Where are you? What are you searching for? Are you searching to become more courageous? Are you searching to become more empowered? Are you searching to find love? Are you searching to find your place in this world? Which means you're searching because you don't feel like you're enough. Are you searching to be enough? Are you searching for to be normal? Instead of your quirky weirdness. Look at these things that you're searching for. Like if it's for you to be happy, you know, look at what you're searching for. And then realize that what you're searching for is here all along. It was with you. You were just sitting on that chest. Now it's time to open the motherfucking thing up. Take that shit out. (laughs) Do it. It may seem scary. So then you just need, you know, a coach, a motivator, a mentor. The coach is going to cheer you on, help support you. But you're doing all the work yourself, right? So do those things. 
just remember that you can't find what you're searching for externally. It has to come within because then otherwise you're going to be like the dog who sat on top of his chest. The dog bones were under there the whole time. The treats were in the chest the whole time. And the only time that he would get fed is when there was somebody coming by. And that's if they chose to give him a dog treat. If not, he wouldn't have eaten. Do you really want to hold that much power in someone else's hands? Somebody else's hands? You're telling me you want to stick your worth and value in a complete stranger's hands, or even not in a stranger's hands, but your worth and value in somebody else's hands. When you have a buttload of it under your tokina, your tushy, under your booty, I would not like that. I would hate to give somebody that much power over me. That would not be effective for my life. It wouldn't be effective. That's a lot for somebody else to handle too. And that's where things come undone. That's where relationships fall apart, right? When it's like, you are the one that's supposed to make me happy. The person's like, I have a hard time making myself happy. And now I got to make you and everyone else happy. That's a lot of pressure. Instead, maybe... When you say that, just stop and go, whoa. You know what? I need to take some time for me. I need to figure this out. I need to see what I can do. Anyways, <laughs> this has been a journey. <laughs> and I hope all of this information or like some nuggets <laughs> of wonderfulness and aha moments have come through this. So just take a moment, look within, see what you really are. If you're looking to be courageous, trust that you are. And yeah, look and look to see if you can find the right mentor or coach. You can find the right one. They're wonders. Easiest way to really honestly see if somebody jives with you and are exactly what you're looking for is do free like sneaky peeky things that they do because in that way it allows you to kind of test the waters before making the full commitment um but those are just some some ways that you can do but it has been an absolute pleasure and thank you for giving me this opportunity to tantalize your your earbuds today and i hope you have a marvelous wonderful evening and wherever you are may your heart be full of love blessings surround you and as always it has been my pleasure to hold the sacred space with you and share my thoughts and stories and life and this is lady l and have a wonderful magical day bye Wickedly Bewitching is a podcast where Lady L, who is a witch living in a modern world, talks about her experiences of being a witch, the trials, the tribulations, the laughter, the tears, the pain, <laughs> and the fears that she has about being a witch practicing her craft in this world. Join her monthly as she dives into the magical world of witchcraft. She talks about the science and about the fact that magic is everywhere. And it starts with you. <laughs>